You can be likable, and that's an important thing. But you also need to be able to deliver results, and that's a big differentiator. I would say between Matt Benedetto, the fan favorite, and Matt Benedetto, the actual race car driver. And it's a distinction that maybe he's learning the hard way, as we mentioned earlier, here in the fast lane. Someone who covers NASCAR regularly, he is at the track quite often for FrenchStretch.com and grateful enough to join us here in the fast lane. Yes, we're going to table the hate for Texas Motor Speedway at least for a little bit because we know plenty of things are way better than Texas. Oh, way better than Texas. Yeah. Way better than Texas. That is Stephen Stump. He's with FrenchStretch.com. He's at Stephen underscore Stump on Twitter. And joining us in the fast lane, Stephen, a pleasure to speak with you. We'll go ahead and get the obvious out of the way that your appearance is way better than Texas because your insight is way better than Texas Motor Speedway. But before we unpack that part, we did touch on Matt Benedetto. Fan favorite for many in NASCAR because of his likability and wearing emotions on his sleeve. But is that fan favoritism something that is enough to overcome what now seems to be a pretty big body of work that is not the best results, not the worst, but maybe overvaluing what he can bring to an organization? I, th- I think it's also a case of the whole thing with Rackley and, and De Benedetto. I think it's also a case of we don't necessarily know what's happened behind closed doors. So it was announced that he announced that he was going to be leaving the team before the season ended in the middle of the playoffs. But did he leave because he wanted to go somewhere else and just jumped? Or did he leave because he was going to get pushed out and wanted to get ahead of it? Um, we don't know if it's the former ladder yet, but obviously they're going to have someone new for Talladega in a week. Maybe maybe they'll be the last of the season. But yeah, it's not it's not the first time. I don't know what exactly the the what terms the two are on, but it's also not the first time that he's kind of ended a tenure in uh, a not such a good spot, just like with the the Wood Brothers in 2021. You know, that's a great point that we don't know what actually happens behind closed doors, but now you've got these situations that uh, have popped up more regularly. Um does this diminish the appeal that this driver has had for a lot of fans in the sense that Fans seem to gravitate towards drivers who seem genuine and wear their emotions on their sleeve, but maybe the more you start to dig in there, the more you realize that while those are endearing traits, it may also be the type of thing that can make it hard to sustain the success that Matt Benedetto wants to achieve in NASCAR. I mean, I think if we look at his results in the 25 truck, granted, um, they were, you know, they had built a long way, but outside the Talladega win, He'd gotten third at North Wilkesboro, third at Kansas, a few, um, couple of other good performances. So I think he de- he definitely has the talent to remain in NASCAR in some capacity. But again, it all comes down to sponsorship. And so I don't necessarily think it's going to be whether he's a fan favorite or endearing, but it's going to come down to it. I think it's just, again, like most things, it's just going to come down to will he, one, find someone that wants to give him a ride, or two, will he find the sponsorship that will let him get a ride? And we're obviously getting later into the game when it comes to NASCAR teams and the direction that they might go in terms of sponsorship and being able to pair drivers with those particular opportunities. Somebody who is clearly not at a uh, lack for sponsorship, he has plenty himself, and he's been able to accrue more for his team, that being Denny Hamlin, who leaned into the booze when they rained down after his victory at Bristol this past weekend, Stephen, from... Your perspective, having seen this driver at the track and covered him for the last handful of years, what evolution have you seen in terms of Denny Hamlin, who's always been okay speaking his mind, 
leaning into that villainous role now, maybe more than ever with Kyle Busch having departed from Joe Gibbs Racing to Richard Childress. Yeah, you do mention a good point about Kyle Busch. Since he did go to Chevy, I know he still get, he still gets mixed mixed reactions sometimes, but there wasn't really someone to step into that villain role, and I think that's what Denny Hamlin has done this year. Um, having kind of two incidents for the win with Kyle Arson, one of the most popular drivers, this year also didn't help. But I think just from what I've seen this year alone, I think what's different is that he's he's leaning into it now, like you said. I think he's come to the point where it's like um, he's going to get you know, booed no matter what, so might as well make the most of it. But obviously, I mean, is it is, is he just giving off that appearance or has he actually changed that way? But, but something also interesting is that the first round of the playoffs, the last three races, he nearly doubled his lap lead from the – from the regular season. So they're, the 11 team's doing well. Maybe Hamlin leading into that is kind of a confidence booster in that part. But so again, it's gonna, for them, it's going to depend on how the final seven races go. Is he better off in the favorite role? He is the favorite according to the betting odds to win the NASCAR championship as we begin the round of 12 this weekend at Texas. Or is he better maybe with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, whether it comes from being the favorite or not? Whether whether he is the betting favorite or not, I think he's going to have that chip on his shoulder anyway, just just because of the reaction he gets at the stands. So I think, in that sense, even if he's the the betting favorite to win, the the people that think the and the drivers think that he's the one to want to beat, I don't think he. I think he was is going to see the crowd reactions and kind of for him take that to heart and have that chip on his shoulder. Stephen Stump. NASCAR reporter, frontstretch.com, stepping into the fast lane. You can keep up with Steven's insight and analysis at Steven underscore Stumpf on social media. He's on Twitter and Instagram to find for find more of that. Is Hamlin the justified favorite right now, or did you see enough out of, let's just say Kyle Larson's probably the best example, but maybe not the only one, to believe that as much as Hamlin's the favored, this thing is far from being as uh, solidified as it's been in prior years. I agree, especially Larson. They kind of had a bit of a slow st- summer after Darlington in May, but they finished fourth. He, he won the Southern 500. He finished fourth at Kansas, led the most laps. He went from last to second at Bristol. He's come alive, and uh, if you kind of remember, it was 20, 2021, the full season. Granted, Larson won 10, but kind of – Denny was a kind of like a distant second to him, so maybe we're seeing that battle again. But also when it comes to the to, uh, title favorites, I do think Larson of the two has the advantage just because we look at Phoenix, wherever it's winner-take-all, and Toyota has not let a single lap of Phoenix in the next-gen car. So unless, unless, they, uh, unless Toyota figures something out this time around, even, even if uh, Hamlin might have the best results going into it, it's all going to come down to that one race. We're entering the round of 12. Theoretically, it's a fresh start. Is it a fresh start for Martin Truex Jr., or are there lingering concerns over a round one of the playoffs where he escaped but did not look very good at all in the first two races with issues that popped up, some of his doing, some of his not, and then not great but good enough at Bristol to get by? I think there'll be some worry. I think the worries isn't necessarily how they're running. I think it's going to be the fact that Talladega and 
the, um, the Charlotte Roval are two big wild cards. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get at those two races, and that's why I think finishing at te- well at Texas and getting that head start in points is important. But at the same time, Texas might be the same way. After all, Truex was leading at Texas last year until he, he was one of the many drivers of a flat tire while leading. But back to his performance in the first round, I do think a lot of it was out of their control. The, the loose wheel at Darlington set them well back. Um, Kansas, the, the puncture at lap three, not much you could do there. Bristol was not the greatest performance, but they also put themselves behind the eight ball by pitting twice too early. And Bristol also isn't one of Truex's best tracks. In fact, in the 33 starts there, he's only finished in the top ten four times. So while it might look concerning on the surface, surface the 19 team's performance i think they're going to be a lot better heading into this next round who's your dark horse in this round to be able to make it to the round of eight that people may not be talking about so we'll omit hamlin larson and probably truex from that um i don't know if i necessarily have a dark horse at the moment i think i'd have to see kind of like you know how this first race goes I don't even know if you consider him a dark horse just because, you know, just because of how good he's been. But I definitely think Busher is going to make the round of eight and maybe even make the final four just because, again, uh, our Ford, RFK, they've been great at their sister plate tracks. Busher's been a great road racer. And so I think that if he gets a, a decent result, even just a decent result at Texas, I think he's going to go very, very far. So you like Busher as a dark horse in a good way. Who's a driver yeah. that you would go in the opposite direction? So we'll omit like a Bubba Wallace from this because he's obviously the bottom of the standings right now, but maybe he's your obvious choice. Who's a driver where you go, he's a big name, he's a driver that people expect to do well, but you've got concerns that he'll be in the round of eight, much less the round of four? I think my big concern is Ross Chastain, just because it's still been, it's still been very feast or famine for them, and mostly famine. So since Darlington in May, um, obviously Chastain won Nashville, led the most laps, won the pole there. But there were just plenty of races that they just were not around at all. And like Michigan, Michigan was one of their better races. Darlington it was probably their most impressive in a while because they took looked to be a 25th place car and they drove up to the top five by the end. But again, then if we look at um, Kansas, if we look at Bristol, did we really see anything out of Chastain? Obviously, just because of um, avoiding trouble, he was able, he had enough points to kind of like, you know, be relatively clear of the cut line. But with the way they've looked, I don't know if they have the speed just to make it. So we'll see there. That's a good point, though. I mean, they had great speed last year, but this year it's been kind of meh outside of the race at Nashville for the one team of Trackhouse in Ross Chastain. Have you filled out your revised bracket for the final eight? drivers and who you believe will be there before the round of 12 officially kicks off this weekend at texas truth be told i haven't even made a bracket just because it's i think it's you know pretty too impossible to predict but i'm gonna i mean if i had to take a look right now i want to i'm gonna say that the four drivers that won't advance are bubba wallace ryan blaney ross Chastain. And Kyle Busch. Those are the four I say that will not make the round of eight. You can make a very compelling case for all of those drivers uh, in terms of their performance so far. Who do you feel most sure? You mentioned Ross Chastain. Who do you feel least sure out of that group that you believe could maybe disrupt your projection? 
so Blaney has been Blaney's been kind of a I think okay, I'm gonna say Ryan Blaney just because we think about it, he dominated the Coke six hundred in May. He was also great at, at Gateway for Worldwide Technology Raceway in the following week. But if we think about it, the twelve team hasn't really just shown up on speed except for, you know, the the super speedways, which has kind of been the same thing with Logano. It's been a while since Penske has had that um, race where they just hit everything right on the money. But I think with Talladega and how good Ford has been, in fact, Blaney finished second um, there, in, there in the spring and led the most laps. I think um, Blaney has a very good chance of winning, if not getting a ton of stage points there. And so I'd say that of the four I predicted to be out, I'd say that he probably has the best chance to uh, prove me wrong. Steven, now comes the moment of truth for you. Steven Stumpf, NASCAR reporter, frontstretch.com. Texas is this weekend on the schedule. Woo! Yeah, it's trick. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bubba Wallace said it best after North Wilkesboro. Oh, way better than Texas. Yeah. Way better than Texas. Way better than Texas. I know it's a very low bar. Are you as excited as Trey pretended or maybe he actually is? Or are you as down on this venue as I am? Or do you fall somewhere in between? So I live 20 minutes away from this venue. So I do have, there's, you know, a special place for me there. But admittedly, just with the racing, the next-gen car, there's not too much to, not too much, I don't know, to, you know, feel confident about heading into this weekend. I think, I guess my hope is that the tires are much better this time around so that at least we can have a clean race that way. Uh, for the people that don't like Texas, um, they'll be treated to the good news that instead of 500 miles, like last year, it's only 400 miles for the first time ever this year. But, again, I think I think with the way the current configuration is, I think things are going to stay the same at Texas with the cup cars unless they just decide to redo the first two turns and make it what they used to be. That's a cold dose of reality that you just threw on my face there, Stephen, that Texas is, uh, you know, the only endearing quality is, is there are a hundred fewer miles for this coming race weekend at my least favorite track by far on the NASCAR schedule. Look, you're around the garage regularly. Be honest. I I need you to help us figure out who it is you've met who gives the reaction, woohoo, it's Texas week. Can't wait to go there. Ed does every time. (laughs) <laughs> well, I can tell you this. Last year when I was at the uh last year when I was at Texas on the Saturday media sessions, Kyle Larson at a press conference, I asked him if they repave or reconfigure Texas, what would you like to see out of it? And the response the response he gave me was, I think they should demolish this place and start over from scratch. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I liked him for a reason. Couldn't figure out what it was until now, and now I found it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely certainly something I'll ask. I'll probably Saturday as a playoff driver's left. I'll probably ask around and say, "What do you believe? What do you think of Texas as it currently is? What can you what can be done to improve it?" And I'm gonna probably get the impression that it's just you know it's not a it's not a question that has a very easy answer. Yeah, you know, I mean, we we have, uh, well, you probably heard the Front Stretch Happy Hour podcast where I opined on my solutions, and none of them were just leave it the way it is. I'll just leave it at that. Steven, we'll leave your insight right there because it's very good the way it is at frontstretch.com and at Steven underscore Stumpf. 
Stephen, thank you for your time today in the fast lane. Uh, looking forward to maybe chatting with you Monday, a little bit shorter edition, and uh, we'll see how Texas goes. And like I've joked already on the Front Stretch Happy Hour podcast, knowing my luck, this will be where Ty Gibbs gets his first victory. Now I'll have to remember Texas for that particular moment, even though I can't find any other redeeming qualities to the place. <laughs> My pleasure. Good to chat with you guys again. Hopefully I can be back Monday. Indeed. Steven Stump with us here in the Fast Lane. We've got feedback on one of our topics from covering the Commonwealth. That, when we return here in the Fast Lane, it's NFL related. Plus, is there a little apathy to the return of Armstrong, Anai, and company at NC State as they are now Wolfpack and head to Charlottesville tomorrow night? We'll tackle that topic next here in the Fast Lane. But keep weighing in. Fast Lane at Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Trey Law VT on his socials as well.